Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the OutKick network, this is OutKick 360 with Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski. Out of the gates, ready to go. OutKick 360 underway from 6th and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. With Chad Withrow and Paul Kuharski, I'm Jonathan Hutton. Primary complaint coming up today, John McClain. Fresh off of John McClain Day in Houston, he will be on the show today How in the third become? hour. I, I can't wait to figure out you know what he does on John McClain Day. Uh, we'll hit the NFL headlines with him, plus plenty of headlines involving Tiger Woods, who is scheduled to tee off, weather permitting, tomorrow morning, 9.34 Central Time, 10.34 Eastern. We will be glued to that. Cannot wait. Gentlemen, good afternoon. It's got to be sort of anticlimactic when you wake up the day after your own day for John McClain. <laughs> yeah. I'm What's more interested next? in what was today like. You know what? <laughs> well, I had John McClain Day in the city of Houston. It was, it was Houston, right? Not the entire state? It was Houston. Houston. It city of Texas. Houston was John McClain Day. Should've Texas been, is next week. Should have been the entire country, but uh, <laughs> that's, not, that's neither here nor there. But the next day when you wake up, you kind of feel like you've reached the pinnacle. That's and it. then, Well, it's no longer John McClain Day, so I guess I'll go about my business again. Better get out of the country. John was very get busy living or get busy dying. John sent me a text. Uh, it was Monday night, and he was like, "Hey, Hutton, do you mind? <laughs> like, do you mind if we move our normal, you know, NFL discussion to Wednesday <laughs> because tomorrow's John McClain Day?" I'm like, "Of course, absolutely, of not. course." We uh, do not have that sort of flexibility. I'm going to be in the mayor's <laughs> chambers on, all day tomorrow for John McClain Day. I mean, yeah, obviously we would move that uh, for, for John on his day. Plus, uh, 20 minutes later, you, you got word of our guest list yesterday, and you were going to ask him to move. Yeah. Right. Well, and look, we John, Charles John, John, exactly. Steve Atwater. John could come to us and say, you know, he wants to move for any reason, and we would move John McClain. But certainly on John McClain Day, we get to move his visit. Looking forward to primary complaint in 45 minutes. Uh, fantastic event last night uh, here in town with Hall of Fame Health and the fundraiser and benefit dinner they put on. It was the best event for fundraising I've ever attended. I'm top to bottom. Uh, it was phenomenal. They had a who's who guest list and uh, that and more with the, the musical performances and, and everything in between. Phenomenal job. George Kittle was there, Paul. And I, I went up to him and I said, hey, uh, great job at, at WrestleMania. <laughs> when he was on the WrestleMania pre-show. And I was like, how do, you, how do they like, pair you up to get on the WrestleMania pre-show? And he's like, they just found out I was going to be there. And they gave me front row seats. And one thing led to another. And night two, he was on the pre-show. He was very nonchalant about it. He yeah. was like, well, I was going to be there anyways. I bought tickets. I go to every WrestleMania. So they caught wind of it, talked to cool. his agent or publicist, and then ended up on the broadcast because he was going to be there. He uh, a really nice guy. I enjoyed talking to uh, to George Kittle. It was a star studded guest list last yeah. night. I don't know how many people we could mention that were there. 
Uh, Jimmy Allen was there were, one there of were the a lot of people surprise performances. Uh, it, it was it was really well, good. I'll, I'll tell you the one we had that the top I, three floors of twelve thirty club, and I had never been there. It's I've not been there. It's fantastic. I'll tell you the one that I saw and met that was the most exciting for me. Jimmy John was there. <laughs> yeah. Yes, that Jimmy John of Jimmy John's was at the event last night. So I asked about your special. It was uh <laughs> No, my special. No, you're the said, Jer- uh, Jersey, Jersey Mike. Oh, Jersey Mike. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah. a Jersey Mike's guy. But uh yeah, it was uh it was a really cool event, very well done by Lauren and her entire team setting everything up. That's awesome. Uh it, more information on their great uh, work is at funrecovery.org and they have some other events coming up later this year uh in in multiple cities. Um Tiger Woods scheduled to tee off. And I'm, I'm hoping the weather, you know, moves out of, out of the way. They, they, they have the, the par three tournament going on, which has been, it seems like, rained out in Augusta. And I'm hoping that we don't get pushed back tomorrow with all the hype around Tiger. There's a lot of money rolling in on Tiger Woods to win the Masters. Not from me, but if you, if you get on FanDuel and, and look around, a lot of people are rolling with Tiger. I feel like sucker bet. Chad, you put some money on him, didn't you? I did. Uh, I'm, I'm hoping the uh, Phil Mickelson vibes of me betting on Phil for the PGA pays off again. But I mean, I, I put you know a little bit of money on six different golfers uh, to win it all. So, uh, but yeah, it's it's a very popular bet. Uh, once Tiger was playing, you knew it would be. Yeah, people were going to rush to take the long odds of him winning the whole thing. And put some money on it. Only 24% chance of rain in Augusta tomorrow, according to my weather app. So that sounds Good. pretty favorable. 39% chance today. So messing with practice rounds and the par three and the like. So, uh, and then it goes down. Uh, Friday, wind, but not much of a chance The of weekend rain. looks great. Saturday, 2%. Sunday, sunny. So uh, if they get in a full round tomorrow, uh, or even if they don't, you know, they'll be able to catch up friday you would think and everything will be set interesting i saw scott van pelt on five good minutes on pti yesterday and one of the questions they asked him after they were done talking about tiger was about phil and and uh svp said that tiger's reappearance has completely got phil off the hook there is literally he said no disrespect to phil zero conversation I haven't even Phil thought about it. I, I, I only thought about it, Paul. It's funny you bring that up because I was just looking through Twitter with the news and notes of the your... day, and uh, the head of Augusta National and the Masters was asked about Phil Mickelson. Said he, he said he was invited and then declined. But Said he's not, he's not going to be there, but he was welcome to play. It wasn't you know, a Masters. They said, we invited him, and he said he's not going to do if it. If Tiger had not reemerged this week, say he – Played a practice round last week, said he couldn't go, didn't show up for anything except maybe the champion's dinner. Mm-hmm. How big a story would Phil not being there be? A significantly bigger I, today, at least. I at think. least today, yes. I think the whole Phil Mickelson thing is going to be fascinating to see what happens with him moving when forward. When does he resurface? If because he resurfaces. we know, you know, we've seen a bunch of people get canceled for different reasons, right? I don't know that that happens to Phil Mickelson in the long run. Maybe he just disappears for three, three months, six months, Penance. and comes back, and then you know we forget about it, and this is just a small footnote at the end of his career in a year or two, and we're not thinking about it. Or is this a stain on him forever? I don't know. You know, it usually you can stain, tell. But it doesn't make him disappear. Well, you know, we've been talking about the Will Smith slap. That's going to be the first thing people think of with Will Smith, a lot of people, for the rest of his life, and that's unfortunate for him. That's going to be the number one thing. He's now losing movie gigs. 
you know, with the fallout of this, which I think is ridiculous, by the way. But he's now losing the opportunity to do, do some movies. So how long does that last? You know, how, how, how far will that go? Um, I, I think what happens with Phil Mickelson and how he's covered and treated by the media and the golf world, really the golf world specifically, it's going to be fascinating to follow. I think in the entertainment world, and it's an individual sport, I think maybe it'd be even more so than in a team sport. I mean, you look at Tyreek Hill. I mean, everybody knows in the back of their head, this is a bad guy who did some bad stuff. Now let me see him score a touchdown. Yep. Let me get him on my fantasy Can he team. play? And I think it would be the same for Phil Mickelson. It's unfortunate, uh, almost. But it is the opposite of, of the, the, the canceling society thing where we see it happen to other people. In athletics, if you can play and entertain us, um, and in entertainment in a way too, a, a, a musician, if you're good enough to fill the concert venue, we're pretty much going to forgive you unless you've been a child molester. Yeah, uh, I know right? what you're saying, yeah. Uh, the entertainment, Steve Van well, Zandt says this all the time, the entertainment overwhelms the entertainer. But the individual sport true. is a little different because of sponsorships. It's, it's very yes. different from that respect. But still, if he's at a tournament... People are going, he's going to have a big gallery yeah. no matter what because of what he's done and what he might do. And we do it time and time again. What professional athlete hasn't had a second act after he's done something that we found reprehensible? It's hard to find those guys. But it's, it, this is so different in that it's not that reprehensible what he's done, but it's so different. I mean, he spoke out against the money driver for him. And where he's made millions over his career and profited and big time. And he'll come back and make money. He spoke out yeah. against it, and he sided with a shaky regime in Saudi Arabia and just went out of his way to praise them and denigrate the PGA. But on the list that's, of sins. That's, that's different. Oh, on the list of where's sins, Where's that rank nothing. against punching a pregnant woman in the stomach? Oh, absolutely. But I'm saying. Right. And that guy's thriving. He would have been. Yes, this again, I'm not weighing the morality of it or the legality oh, of it. Right. He's, it's almost like he'd have been better off being accused of rape, you know, than saying something like that. And like, the, I, he, and he could have come back with almost the deny, quicker deny, from deny. that. Yeah, not and not you know from a legal standpoint again, but in the eyes of the public and the ability to go out and play and entertain to what you're saying, Paul, I think he's better off with something like that happening or getting out than going against publicly well, I think he's fine either way. against the PGA you know what, and siding with Saudi Arabia. After well, time passes, I think he's fine either way. In thinking about it, though, he missed out on an opportunity, um, hindsight, with Tiger's return. Phil would have still – he still would have been the second, second biggest guy headline. And, and it, he wouldn't have been under the radar, but he could have returned or just as a Masters champion played – and it's not nearly as massive of a story of him playing because Tiger's playing. Yeah, right. He would have eased his yeah. path back yes. in. Van Pelt said he was joking with guys, prominent guys. You guys could play naked Thursday <laughs> and no one would notice because that, of the monumental story of Tiger being back. And, and to your point, Mickelson could have come back, right. played naked, and, and come back from this thing and he would All have had the smoothest Tiger. path back ever. Imagine being like, Louis Oosthuizen, who's playing with Tiger tomorrow morning, and the gallery around—you know—he's—he's he's used to it, but this is a different animal tomorrow. You know that you hate it if you're 
Oosthuizen, and I forget the other golfer that's paired. But that's with Tiger. It's Neiman, or I think so. Yeah. yeah. But if you're one of those guys, you know that you probably hate that. Yeah. When you get the I assignment. Think, or, I think it'd be fun to be there tomorrow and go pick somebody else. Because you would get, you'll get, get on, as close as you could on get. On the course at the same tomorrow. time, DeChambeau tees off 10 minutes before Tiger. Um, Cameron Smith, Matsuyama, Justin Thomas, Dustin Johnson, Zalatoris, Jordan Spieth tees get off. get a pretty good look um, at those guys, eight, I think. Nine holes later. I mean, if you think about who's on the course and all eyes on Tiger, you're, at, you're right. You could go anywhere you want across that course and watch some great golf. That's the other thing. Not to, I, I obviously watched PTI last night. So I, I, I took a lot from what they were saying. And I thought Kornheiser made a good point here about this, you know, can he win thing. Think of how many guys at the top of their game are on the course tomorrow. Yeah. You know? At the peak, this is their biggest, best chance to win the Masters ever. When you think about it that way, pitting it against Tiger, who I, I, I before that wasn't thinking had a chance to win. But, you know, and there's usually a guy every year who you're not even thinking about at the beginning of the tournament who's high on the leaderboard uh, Saturday evening, Sunday morning. But I didn't think we would see him win another green jacket, and no, we did. I, I agree. In 2019. Whatever happens, it's going to be fascinating. And particularly, I think we're all rooting for the same thing in America is that he be playing. And it playing just, well. Yeah, it's going to be interesting no matter what happens when he's on the course, good or bad. But I'm hoping for the good surprise where it's, it's interesting because he's doing something in this tournament. Imagine being those trainers who are charged with, it's weird to say, getting the soreness out. <laughs> he comes off the course and you, how many guys are surrounding that leg when he gets back on his hotel room bed or whatever they've got set up for him. Where your job is to get this surrounded by five guys trying I to don't massage know how he's I don't know how it's, it's not a muscle him, thing though, right? Ice I mean, him and pull on it and do whatever it it's is. It's got to be just soreness, yeah, right. That that's the like recovering from the surgery and the and the rehab involved. I don't know how he's getting around the course the way he is. No, and that's the big question. You know, not not necessarily how's he feeling after. Well, how he, how's he feeling after the first one? How's he feeling after the second one? What's his tea time the second day? What's the turnaround? It'll be the afternoon. I mean, yeah. they'll, he goes morning tomorrow and then afternoon Friday. So that, then if he makes the cut, what's the turnaround Friday to Saturday? That could be maybe the most challenging thing of, yeah. of all. What was uh, – Chad, you were telling me the champion's dinner for Matsuyama. Like sushi. Yeah, it's, uh, it's some sort of uh, – it's not Kobe beef. beef, but it's some sort of high-end Japanese, Japanese beef for the entree, miso cod, and uh, sushi. Was so obviously a Japanese themed uh, champions dinner. Yeah, that had, rave reviews. Apparently. Well, it had. Uh, I, I haven't seen any reviews yet, but it had Jordan Spieth highly Mouth anticipating water. the the dinner, <laughs> saying I'm I'm going to keep going back for more because and he talked about the the Japanese beef they were having that better than anything he's had in Texas and he's from Texas. He said I'm going to get killed in Texas <laughs> for this, but he he was in Japan playing a tournament and had this type of beef. And he said it's the best he's ever had. David Reed, what would be the champion's dinner of choice for the chairman of the board? Uh, much Chili. like uh, when Tin Cup won the U.S. Open, <laughs> we'd, be, we'd be going to Waffle House. <laughs> Scattered, smothered, covered, chunked, capped. The whole, it's the only way to go. The whole gamut? Yeah, not peppered. Can't handle the jalapenos nowadays. I love that. The Waffle House. Yeah. The, they, that's the menu. Waffle House. I feel like uh, that Waffle House trip in the movie happened after his Friday round where he broke all the records. He did not win. Obviously, he kept going for it and uh, not, not taking the drop. But, uh, yeah, 
I love how to correct read on. He didn't win the U.S. Open, but yes, he had a great round on Friday I and mean, went to Waffle House. Any day, any day, any day you went to go to Waffle House, you're winning. <laughs> I went to I, Waffle House this morning. <laughs> I, I agree with you. I'm a huge fan uh, of Waffle House. Uh, uh, virtually the entire menu. Sober? I've had everything on the menu, and I, I like all of it. Oh, yeah. Like a morning trip? The, 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 the very great. underrated menu item for me is it's America's the, Diner. The grilled pork chop. Really? Yeah, it's it's pretty good. Not bad. It's under it's 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 no waffle, but it's different. I, I have had everything on that menu. Everything. I've not many been times. in some time. So it was Reed. Yes, Reed had everything this morning. This morning, this morning, this morning actually, in this one yeah, trip, morning. he had everything. And, and much like Tiger, I'm so, you know I, I'm amazed when Reed walks from the parking lot into the studio, like in, <laughs> how the man's not. More yeah. sore than and, what he is. And we're very curious as to how he's going to recover and yeah. make it back to his truck. <laughs> <after laughs> I had to have a massage um, before I got here this morning. Dylan, massage that leg. Get the soreness out. Hit us up on Twitter at Outkick360. Coming up, uh, there's a new wide receiver with another mega contract. What does that mean for the wide receivers on the horizon that are about to get some big paydays? We'll discuss that. Stadiums are all the talk across the NFL. We'll discuss the perspective of what's needed and what's not in today's NFL stadium experience and primary complaint just around the corner on Outkick 360. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer with over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros. Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back and their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless from researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience. Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. Stephon Diggs, $70 million guaranteed on a four-year contract extension. In totality, it's worth $104, 70 guaranteed. Outkick 360 rolls on. Um, so his contract now runs through 2027, and with the extension... It's worth 124 million. Paul, when you see this, do you immediately think of AJ Brown, maybe DK Metcalf? Who else comes to mind that's salivating over these numbers? Because we've D seen Tyreek Hill, we've seen Devontae Adams, now we see Diggs. I mean, there's well, the, always the next guy. The three with pending contracts going into the contract <laughs> year AJ Brown, DK Metcalf, and Debo Samuel. Uh, Seattle apparently just scoffed at, at a phone call um, offering the 10th pick in the draft for DK Metcalf. I, I'm not surprised they wouldn't uh, take – Seattle wouldn't take the 10th pick in the draft for Metcalf. I would think it would take the 10th pick in the draft from the Jets and more. Yeah. 
Um, but the Jets, we've talked a lot about. The Jets are hunting for a big-time receiver. That's come up with A.J. Brown. Gotten too much, I think, uh, traction because it seems very one-sided. It feel, it, it's odd that they're hunting for another veteran wideout when it seems the easiest path is just to get one in the draft. Yeah. And, and they, they've they got just picks. signed Corey Davis. They signed Corey Davis. They've got picks, but I guess they feel like um, they're going the path that they've, they've just seen Miami go and Las Vegas go. Now Carr's a better quarterback. Right. Miami's got Tua unproven and they've got their own unproven quarterback, the number two pick in last year's draft who they want, this seems to be now a method. If you don't have the stud quarterback, you get him a stud receiver that he could go to unquestionably um, at any moment, right? Um, and, and I guess that's what the Jets have philosophically, seemingly, decided that they'd like to do. Seattle doesn't throw to Metcalf like that. Um, and perhaps the Jets would, and they think he's even more valuable it would be more valuable to them than he well, was to Russell Wilson or will be to uh, whoever's throwing in Seattle. By trading away Russell Wilson, though, it seems as, yeah, DK Metcalf's more obtainable than some other guy. But maybe they're the, the, thinking the same way, that DK Metcalf's going to be for us, for whoever our new quarterback is. It feels backwards. As, yeah, get the receiver first. Yeah, I, yes. I, I, I build receiver around the great quarterback, not flip side of that. You go get, you've got an average quarterback, you need to upgrade at some point that position, so let's go get the top dollar receiver. Well, it seems, To pair with that quarterback, I, I, I don't like that approach. Yeah, but it seems like this is uh, uh, one of the two approaches now, Chad, is, is get great to be around your, your middling quarterback or get the great quarterback and, and let him help make the people great around him. I think Seattle should go full rebuild mode. I think they should trade DK Metcalf. They should start a rebuild immediately. In the division they're in right now, with their situation at quarterback, having just traded Russell Wilson away, Ninth pick this is draft. a nice time to reset a bit if you're Seattle. I don't, I don't disagree. I mean, I don't think they were particularly good last year if Wilson was healthy. I wasn't, I wasn't a buyer uh, on Seattle. If you're rebuilding, though, and you're, like, you're truly all in on that, don't you change coaches as well? This offseason? Yeah, it and seems weird to watch the oldest coach, second oldest coach in the league. He's yeah, one Pete or two. Yeah, Carroll overseeing the – To uh, oversee the, just, a rebuild. Yeah, at 71. I, I, again, it, They'll always point to his youthfulness, <laughs> right? But I, it, it, I don't know. Uh, normally, if you're going away from the quarterback – got a new regime. You get the new regime, and then you build around the new regime. I agree. They're in a, a weird spot. And like Chad says, with the division, you've got two, two really good teams in that division, the two NFC championship representatives, uh, and then a third team that likes to think of itself as on, on the come in, in, in Arizona. Yeah. Uh, you know, they're in a little bit of a weird situation, but uh, I, certainly a, a, an entire tier better than, than Seattle's going to be. Seattle's going to absorb some, some punishment this year, and they don't have quarterbacks. That's coming in the draft. We'll see. I mean, uh, if that's coming in the draft, then you're saying uh, you've, you're seeing quarterbacks at six, eight, and nine. So who's the third quarterback? Uh, we pretty well think that, that uh, Pickett and Willis are one and two. 
I don't know that a third quarterback has entered the conversation as being top 10 worthy, not acknowledging that the first two are top 10 worthy, but I certainly haven't heard a third name establish himself as top, well, top 10 worthy. So maybe they drop out and into a position to get the third quarterback. Or you find Baker. I, I feel like if they were getting Mayfield, they would have made that move already. Yes. And Garoppolo, I don't know if the 49ers are going to trade him within the division. So maybe Cleveland has just yet to come to terms with how much money it's going to have to pick up on Baker. But Seattle hasn't shown a glimmer of interest that's come out no, anywhere I, in Baker I think, Mayfield. I think, Des- I think Desmond Ritter could be the surprise quarterback in this draft that's going to go way higher than we think. Yeah, that's, that's fair. If I'm thinking of a third right now, it's probably him. him. Yeah. yeah. And they always tend to draft someone that's just kind of out Which of left Which kills field. plans because you hear a lot of teams in the – early 20s say that maybe have an eye on on Desmond Ritter who in your scenario Chad would lose out by over 10 spots yeah hit us up on Twitter at outkick 360 um stadiums all the discussion um Paul what's the latest here in Nashville with the we we know from the, the state perspective the state of Tennessee is getting on board the same way New York did uh for Buffalo but we haven't seen the city get behind the stadium discussion the way yeah. we've seen it in Buffalo. So the Titans of the city yet. still have a lot to iron out in terms of how this is going to get paid for. Both are determined for it not to just be a Davidson County tax increase that pays for it. They're hell-bent on that. So they're looking for alternative means. The state is in for $500 million provided it's an enclosed stadium, I think that guarantees that this is an yes. indoor venue that's used year-round. And I think the Titans are, are fine with that, though that probably isn't their first choice. I think if Amy Adams Strunk, if you asked her what she wanted, she'd say outdoor, outdoor football. Uh, but she understands that that's not the best venue for the city of Nashville, and so she'll say, hey, you know, considering you're going to give $500 million as, from the state – for the facility and that it can be such a boon to the city as an indoor venue year round with all the attractions it can draw. We're in on, on playing indoors. A lot of work to be done on the, on the financing thing. And um, you know, big conversation going on now. I I had at my side about what people want, uh, what you'd ideally like in there. Um, you know, I want it to be soccer suitable, which I don't think is that big of a deal. Now, international soccer needs to be played on grass, and I'm anti-retractable roof, but they have put grass in indoor facilities as far back as the 1994 World Cup in the U.S. in Detroit. They put it in the Pontiac Silverdome, and I'm sure we're much further along technology, botany-wise, to be able to do that if you need to for a World Cup or whatever. Um, and the spacing of Nissan Stadium isn't for the biggest international soccer field, but a big enough international soccer field to play meaningful international games there. I've had people suggest it be steep. I, I like that. I'd like them to have the furthest away seat be the closest to midfield of any stadium in, in the league. That'd be terrific. That'd be great for concerts as well. Those are some of the things I like. What What's important to you guys? Well, the um, it's interesting you bring up – so. Timeline-wise, Paul, it would be maybe the first big event would be World Cup, right? One of the inklings, that it could be done, and that yeah, would be the first event. Hosted. I think that's super ambitious. One of the things I heard is that maybe the World Cup would be the last thing played in the old building. Um, so I, I think it'd be a real tight timeline. Well, that that makes sense 
because the World Cup comes in and completely takes over the facility. So you could give them the facility while you're Finishing getting ready for to open also, up your own. Also, the, the picture I, I found that I use Gannett's picture service, I mean, that parking lot is not as deep as I thought. It's kind of a picture of the backside of Nissan Stadium and the parking lot. I wouldn't be surprised if the new stadium is almost touching the old stadium. We've seen that. I think in St. Louis, where they built the new Bush Stadium, was almost touching the old Bush Stadium. Almost in Atlanta as well. Yeah. So, yeah, you're right. You're right, the Georgia Dome and the new stadium. And I think this will be, if it's not touching, it's going to be awfully close. So the logistics are going to be tough. If the World Cup's in the new one or the old one, the old one's not going to be down yet. That'll be very uh complicated what are the best features you've seen I mean, in some of the new buildings that you want in the in the old building i mean the, the only real way to put your stamp on it is with the the, the jumbotron screen like you know and that the titans, makes it that's been the best feature of nissan stadium they have maybe the third well, biggest screens in the in the country but, but think about the new stadium so um you know in minnesota Atlanta minnesota's also. got the you know the the corners covered and then they have these massive screens on the end zones um, Atlanta's got the cir- you know, the circle. Atlanta and SoFi. Um, SoFi. Vegas has got this massive board as well. I mean, that's kind of the trend. Is that's how you put your your stamp on it? Because I mean, if you're if you're spending, I know this sounds crazy, because it's always going to be more and more. If you're spending one point five to two billion on a stadium, for me, you're pretty much getting all the bells and whistles that everyone would have. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's not it's not the cookie cutter. LP filled Nissan Stadium that they built in the 90s. Right. Well, you want something that makes it distinctly Nashville. I'm sure they'll figure out what what that is that makes it feel. Di- you know, you don't want the Las Vegas I mean, feel in Nashville. I, you just, I just don't think now we've seen so many, we've seen so many advancements in stadiums and in, in sports venues that there's no way to reinvent the wheel. No. Right. I, I I I like that in theory. Make it uniquely Nashville. Well, how do you make it uniquely Nashville? Step one for me is complete overhaul of the concession system yes. uh, that, that they've had in the past. I'm, I'm talking different vendor and, and multiple vendors. If you want to make it uniquely Nashville, get Nashville-based restaurants and sprinkle them all through that, that venue. And you've got to be right? able to every, order every, from I don't, your seat. All the yeah, best places you order from your have, seat. Have a, a, a standard concession stand with your uh, nachos, popcorn, hot dogs on each side, each sideline, one of them, and the rest of it have local vendors. Variety. All through there, that that would be one big one for me. But again, the other one, I mean, we can throw out everything that's in the nice venues we've been in. I didn't, you and I were down in Atlanta for the SEC championship game. Yeah. We saw a lot of great things with the suite area being at the field level. Field level, level. yeah. Field level suites, I think, would be really that's cool another trend in a, in a new stadium. <laughs> um, but these things have all been done. I think that, and I think getting the jumbotron right. To me, are the two most important. That's I'll the say this about look. the jumbotron. I don't think that the circular ones, as cool as they are in Atlanta and SoFi, are worth probably what they cost to go beyond the kind of boards they have now. Just have giant ones in both end zones, state of the art, as great as they can be. That's fine. If it costs several more hundred million dollars to do the circular ones, you don't have to have the circular ones. I don't. Th- I don't think. I'm I'm leaning more towards instead of a dome, more of like a lid, field, for lack of a field house. Like a, um, what they did in L.A., you know, the open air. It's end almost zones. like a canopy. Yeah, I mean, you have a lid on top of the field instead of a a dome. But still open air. 
Yeah, they used to have the outdoor field. Remember, they they had a saying is enclosed, which means temperature control. The problem with that, though, remember the Monday night football game that was delayed because of lightning in the area? (laughs) That was where everybody got confused. I think the state funds hut indicate enclosed temperature control. Well, in that case, make it like Vegas or like Indy Indy, where you can raise and lower the end zones or something. Instead of the retractable roof, have some retractable end zones. I think Minnesota, where there's daylight that flows in, so you still feel like it's, it doesn't require a ton of artificial light. Yeah. You still have artificial light, but you feel like you're outside to a degree. I, I like that. I like that feel. Um, and here's the other thing, and this is hard to, to say. Right? I'm going to tell geniuses to do this. But it's got to be cutting edge so that in 30 years, it's not outdated. You have to foresee what a stadium's going to require in 30 years, and that's awfully hard to do. But this needs to not be a 30-year stadium. It needs to be a 50-, 60-year stadium. I, I find it interesting from the Buffalo perspective that they're building they're, – they're, they're financing this, but there's no, like, it's got to be a dome. Because they, the, they want it to be an outdoor stadium. Yeah, they want the elements. And so, but it's their – but the state and you know the funding—they're not mandating or suggesting anything with it. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm. So let's get into the funding part of this also. It's you, a football you bring stadium. up you bring up a good point with this. The Titans are in a a, a tricky spot here, and no one's going to cry crocodile tears over the Titans on this. <laughs> I mean, don't don't get me wrong. You know they're getting handed a lot of money too to to help with this. But uh, demanding the indoor stadium, right? right? That's a stipulation from the state. Five hundred million dollars coming from the state. You pointed out, Hutton, when we talked about the story with Buffalo, that it's a billion dollars coming from the state of New York. Right. Now, I, I will also say, different in percentage, tax revenue in the state of New York last year was $88 million or $88 billion. In Tennessee, it's $15 billion. So you're looking at one-thirtieth of the annual tax revenue going to a stadium. You're looking, even with a billion dollars, at one-eighty-eighth of the of that, uh, revenue in New York going to the stadium. Um, but the stipulation of indoor stadium to attract more events. Um, all due respect to Buffalo, but to me, this is just Buffalo saying, no one's coming here. This is the Bills Stadium. We want to have outdoor football. We want teams to come here and play in the elements. We don't, we're not building this thinking that Orchard Park, New York, is going to be a future site of a Final Four, and we're going to start bringing big events to Orchard Park and, and Western New York. Or even concerts. Yeah, I mean, it's a much, Nashville much needs more to limited think, vision. Nashville needs to think more globally, quite frankly, than, than Buffalo would. Yeah, totally. Like Tim the Graham Bills said, need totally a different vision. Yeah. Yes, and I, this is going to piss Titans fans off, guess. but I don't care. The, the, the city of Nashville and the state needs this stadium. Titans will be the beneficiary of it and have a nice new stadium, but it's the, the area, it's Nashville, it's the state – that needs this stadium and not the Titans. The Bills need the new stadium. Mm-hmm. That is the Bills stadium. This is the state and the city's venue for a bunch of other events that they're going to start lining up to come to Nashville, just like everyone else lines up to come I'll to Nashville. I'll also say it's a very easy way if you're trying to convince everyone that you want a dome to have the state mention it, not you, oh, for yeah. funding. That, that part worked out very nicely. Yeah. Here's, here's another – but I, I, honestly, I think Amy would be – Happier outdoor, but good as a partner with the city on, yeah. on this, the way it's going. Here's, here's notes on financing, right? So the state's in for 500 provided it's enclosed. I think that's a done deal. It's enclosed, right? You're not going to turn away that money. Yep. A city council person, I think, 
said that Amy Adams Strunk is in for 700, which is a very big number. That, I, I don't know that, that that's unconfirmed, but that's what they said. The Titans have basically said, we're all in. So that's good. And look, that doesn't take us to a place where the Titans could go. Where, look, they, they have an option to extend this lease. They could draw this out. They could make it ugly. They could threaten moves. They could do all of this political play. There's no indication they're heading that direction at all, which is great. Because you don't want to create any friction with the city. Then it's a bad relationship, even if you come out with the stadium that you want. So if she's in for 700, let's presume that's true. Mm -hmm. The G4 loan from uh, the NFL, which if you meet certain conditions gets forgiven and the league basically contributes that, is 200. So that adds up to 1.4. If it's a $2 billion stadium, the city would only, only, I know it's a huge number, need to come up with six, which seems like a reasonable, that's what the Titans were talking about, spending six on the refurbishment of Nissan Stadium. I'm not saying that's nothing. I'm saying for a new stadium in your city that's going to be covered and not just bring you NFL football, but multiple Super Bowls, Final Four, and uh, National College Championships, uh, WrestleMania, and year-round concerts, a $600 million investment from the city, which isn't going to be a direct, direct tax burden, seems pretty reasonable and i'm relatively anti-city paying for stadiums uh, on the on the spectrum 600 seems pretty reasonable to get to 2 billion so i i think the financing if it shapes up that way 500 state 700 team 200 league 600 city that's a pretty nice breakdown in terms of sharing the cost. Where are you getting that two billion number? Is that just what you're estimating? It's been estimated okay. one point eight. I'm See, rounding I, it up. To I saw one point two at one point, even for an indoor no, facility. No, well, one point two was what the renovation was going to wind See, up. I thought, okay, and I they know. said when the renovation's one point two, you have to build a new stadium. See, I and thought it goes from there. I thought it was six hundred million in renovations no, is what they that's were targeting. What they, and then they realized, oh, it's, it's 1.2 just to build a new stadium. No, no. So we'll double it and do no, that. No, they said initially they were for, expecting gotcha. 600 for the renovations. When they went in there, they discovered it would cost double that. So it was going to be 1.2 to renovate. Where they said, gotcha. well, if it's 1.2 to renovate, we might as well build Time because build. a new building yeah. is going to cost 1.7, something like that. So I'm estimating two to be yeah. generous, right? 1.7, 1.9 is the number that's floating out there. Then you get into cost overruns and all of that. I, I would say a new building, a new covered building this day and age probably going to cost you $2 billion. And from the city perspective, I mean, you want hotel rooms full, yes. right? You've, as often as possible. That's, that's, the, that's the goal, and that's what the, the dome would do. It would do it. I, I do, though, and we'll, we'll, we'll have all of these conversations extensively in, in time. There are economists out there. Andrew Zimbalist, I think, is one who's a stadium expert who, who thinks that the financial benefit of stadiums tends to be overrated because people say, well, the, the hotels will fill for events here and discount that the fact that the hotels are partially full anyway. Because as we see here, as, as we see that's, that's what fair. happens in this building on a weekly basis, people are coming to Nashville oh, yeah. without those events. Oh, now, we're... will more people come with them? Absolutely. But Nashville's being, doing pretty damn well with what Nashville has yeah. right now. Well, I mean, you know, we're right here next to the, to the arena. Uh, Preds are playing the other night. We're out in the courtyard, and we got stopped by someone from Minnesota. 
That's a Minnesota Wild fan that came down yeah, this is to watch the Wild city. play play the Preds. No, it'll be more of a destination city. By, by the way, Absolutely. I, I looked this up because we were just there in Inglewood looking at the new Clippers facility. That's completely privately funded by Steve Ballmer. Completely privately funded. No state money, nothing. Arena. $1.8 billion. For an arena. It's called Intuit Dome. Now, and I'm looking at it. It looks like a football stadium mm-hmm. when they show it over the city blocks that it's on. Uh, keep in mind, he also bought the forum in order to build that. Yes. Yeah, so it's a major uh, land investment also. What's the proper size for this building, capacity-wise? Mm. Because Nashville's grown, and Nissan Stadium's outdated, mm. but the Titans weren't packing a 60,000-seat facility on a year that they were the number one seat in the AFC. I think you got to go at least 60. I don't know why. There's just something that says that's it needs good, to be 60. I think that's a right Below 60 number. to me seems small time for some reason. If I see a 50,000-seat stadium, 55,000, there's something big about the number 60. I, I think right around 60 is the right number. You don't want to go close to 70. I think, it's, I think it's somewhere in the 60s. I need two. Primary complaint is next on OutKick 360. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. From 6th and Peabody, Outkick 360 rolls on with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine across the Outkick network. Every Wednesday at this time, primary complaints. And guys, I'll kick it off. Um, you know, good to note, and, and for future reference, if you're at a fundraiser, and, you know, I'm happy, I'm happy to be on stage, and we are trying to raise money for a live auction, don't be the guy in the back that's waving down people as they come out of the restroom to let you know where they're sitting when the bid's going up to $8,500. Because then I look foolish, and so does the gentleman in the back of the room. That's my primary complaint. I'd love it if you made the gentleman pay $8,500 for it. No, you're on the hook for it. Luckily, we, someone overbid that. Yeah, luckily. We, we, uh, we took your credit card at the front, so uh, <laughs> you're going to have to pay that. Uh, my primary complaint, uh, people not understanding the concept of time on Twitter and, and how time works. You know, Matthew McConaughey once said it's a, it's a flat circle. Well, time you know, moves forward. So when you tweet something in a moment, that could be true in that moment, then it could change later. I tweeted, Kansas looks truly awful. At this point in the game, Kansas, uh, North Carolina was on an 18-3 to run, and Kansas, guess what? They looked truly awful in that moment. Now, they came back and won the game, and I'm getting old takes exposed left and right. Boy, this age, well, boy, you really missed that one. No, I didn't. They looked truly awful when I sent the tweet. I didn't say they were going to lose. I didn't say the game was over. It's not a cold take. It's my primary complaint. Everybody tweeted that, by the way. Everybody. 
So I realize people experience new things every single day. This past Friday, though, my uh, father-in-law experienced Bridgestone Arena for the first time. Completely prepared for that experience, unlike the guy in front of me. Now, I know the security people were yelling at you to empty your pockets to go through the metal detector, but I can assure you what they meant to say was what was on all the signs out front. Your wallet, your keys, and your cell phone. They did not need for you to empty your pockets of the 50 individually wrapped breath mints that you thought you needed to get you through the Harlem Globetrotters game. And they really didn't need you to put them in their bucket so they could send it through the x-ray, which they did anyway. And then I don't really know who I'm complaining about. Is it you and your 50 individually wrapped breath mints that you threw halfway all over the Bridgestone Arena floor or them who asked for them afterwards, only prolonging the situation? That's my primary complaint. Well said. Globetrotters win? (laughs) Uh, Spoiler alert. Yes. Um, My primary complaint pertains to a particular sort of scam being run on a particular sort of person. My mom is pushing 90. Um, I talked to her this morning. She told me, uh, you know, she got a call from, she thought her granddaughter. Grandma? Grandma? Katie? Sounds like, you know, something's wrong with her mouth. Grandma, I had a bad accident. It broke my nose and my mouth. I need, you know, this and that. These are susceptible people, vulnerable people. Uh, my mom has been trained well by my brother, and she didn't fall for this, told Katie, Katie, in quotes, to call her back if she was really in trouble, which she was not because she was in class at Tufts in Boston. But for the love of man, you know, must we go after the vulnerable old people in our society to try to scam them by convincing them their grandchildren are hurt? You are scum of the earth. People make, you know, uh, unfortunately, they make a living off of this somehow. Yeah, your hit rate doesn't have to be high. I wouldn't no. imagine if you spend all day. And what a, what a pathetic, pathetic way to try yeah. to make money. I sound funny because I, in an accident, I hurt my nose and my mouth. Bizarre. And is there a Katie in the, in yeah, the family? Yeah, Katie's my... So they knew. No, well, she got, they got her to say her name. Grandma? Grandma? Oh, oh is that you, Katie? Yeah, then, yes, then they me, went along Katie. with it. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, growing up. There was a, an old woman who um, lived alone, and there was a, a guy that came by trying to repair a roof. There was no need for roof repair, and they were scammed in that way. Craziness, and unfortunately, it happens way too often. Headlines when we return Tiger Woods, NFL, and more. John McClain in an hour on Outkick 360.